1: Log Talk Radio. <laughs>
0: Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. Join Andy Schneider, national spokesperson for the USDA APHIS Avian Health Program, editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine, and author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, Chicken Fact or Chicken Poop, and Zero Waste Chicken Keeping, as he welcomes top poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, and poultry nutritionists to discuss the hot topics in the poultry world today and provide science-based, fact-based, study-based information to help you raise the healthiest poultry possible. And now, here's your host, Andy Schneider.
2: All righty. Thank you so much for that great introduction. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Another great episode of Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by ComBog Feeds. We have a great show lined up for you today. My friend, Dr. Bridget McRae, is going to be here shortly. She's going to be really sharing how to successfully wash a chicken. Um, For some of you, that may sound kind of hilarious, but there are a lot of folks around the country that are really into showing their poultry. There may be times also when you need to wash a chicken due to an injury or due to Some bad environmental issues where you had tons of rain and it got just really sloppy outside and, hey, your flock needs a bath. But mainly most of the time around the country, folks will wash their chicken or chickens to prepare them for a show, whether it be 4H or the American Poultry Association, American Bantam Association. You're going to a sanctioned show, um, and they will truly wash their chicken ahead of time. There's many products out there that are really geared to and marketed to the show folks to um, successfully do this. But Dr. McCray will be here in a few minutes. She's going to be talking all about this, the proper way to do this. And so get those pens and paper out so you can take lots of notes to do that. Also, I want to remind everybody that CoopTastic 2020 is wow it's it's moving so quickly we've i just you know i'll come back here in just a second and i will share with you all the updates that we've got so far regarding cooptastic 2020 you're not going to believe
3: it are you one of the many americans that keep backyard poultry do you want to give your birds the best care possible The Chicken Whispers Coop-Tastic 2020 Conference will teach you how, plus more, too. Coop-Tastic will be February 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, 2020 at the beautiful Alabama 4-H Conference Center near Birmingham, Alabama. Educational programs by poultry scientists, veterinarians, and nutritionists, plus fun activities give you an unforgettable experience conference packages are available from just for a day to the full experience with meals entertainment and lodging the all-inclusive package is an amazing value at around 300 dollars. on-site lodging is limited so reserve your spot as soon as possible visit www.chickenwhisperer.com today for more details
2: Alrighty, at $2.99, there's really no excuse for you not to be there. Um, The way you get to CoopTastic is on your dime. Whether you want to hitchhike or Uber or fly or drive, that portion of the the trip is all in your pocket. Once you get there for your $2.99 registration fee, that's going to include all of your meals, six meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner on Saturday, dinner on Friday, and then breakfast and lunch on Sunday. It includes three uh, snack breaks during the uh, breakout sessions. It's going to include that meet-and-greet awesome bonfire with s'mores Friday night. It's going to include the Motivational Magician on Saturday night. And, of course, it includes um, the entire educational conference uh, where the vendor area you'll have access to. where We've got really some great vendors already signed up. It includes – uh, as well, those nine uh, breakout sessions, including the three observation labs that we're going to be having there as well. A goodie bag that's we're hoping the goodie bag is going to be valued at somewhere between fifty and a hundred dollars worth of goodies in that alone. So at two ninety nine. You just can't beat it. Two nights, hotel, all your meals, the the conference itself, the entertainment. And uh, we started out with 51 rooms in the hotel, and we're down to 36. We were 37 last night when I posted about it. We had somebody uh, register overnight, and we have people registered from all across this country. We've got participants, attendees that are coming from uh, and vendors coming from California. To South Carolina, uh, that's east and west. And you've got Wisconsin all the way down to Texas. So we've got pretty much the entire nation covered as far as attendees already from coast to coast. So if you're interested in learning more, if you're interested in um, attending and want to get that your registration taken care of, all you have to do is go to cooptastic2020.com. cooptastic2020.com. And you can register there very simply, PayPal, R through, credit card. Now the the urgency here, which we explained to you before, is that there are only fifty one rooms uh in the hotel that is on site there at the conference center. And once that hotel is filled up, we do have blocks of rooms at the um, other hotels like the Hampton Inn and the Quality Inn, but they're about a 30-minute drive away, and so uh, we'd still love you to come, and that 299 dollars would include two nights hotel at one of those hotels, but if you want to stay on site, again, where you just have to wake up, go downstairs, go right into the cafeteria, go right down to the break, then, then you're going to want to register early because I anticipate these already uh, we've only had registration up open for five days um, and we're averaging about somewhere between one and two if you do the math person registering each day so these 36 rooms that are available uh, I suspect will be gone by the end of this month or early into September. So uh, that's the urgency here. There's not a ploy. It's not a gimmick. It's not a uh, anything like that you would see on, <laughs> you know, TV. Order now, or it's it's 51 rooms in the hotel there. That that's it. We can't create any more. And as they fill up, they are going to fill up. So uh, make sure you register early for CoopTastic 2020. All righty, let's head over here to, let's see, 307. Let me go ahead and um, run through our first official commercial break. We'll come back. We'll bring Dr. McCrae on, and we will be talking all about um, how to successfully wash a chicken. So get those pens and paper out to take some notes while we go to our first commercial break. We'll be back. We'll get right into our topic, how to successfully wash a chicken with Dr. McCrae. Stay with us, folks. Enter the coupon code whisper at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at brensie.com. That's b r i n s e a.com. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers.
3: Our layer pellets and crumbles are all-natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H feeds.com or order your layer pellets and crumples today on amazon.com Combox Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer
2: Sweet PDZ has been keeping horse stalls ammonia free and healthy for nearly 33 years however ammonia is ammonia regardless of the species producing it therefore it will do the same great job in your chicken coops and brooders Sweet PDZ safeguards flock health by neutralizing and eliminating harmful levels of ammonia and odors. Safe and effective moisture absorption. All natural, non-toxic, premium grade zeolite mineral. Contains no masking scents or chemical perfumes. Safe and beneficial to dispose with waste on compost and gardens. Learn more at SweetPDZ.com.
0: That's SweetPDZ.com. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider.
2: <clears throat> All right. Thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Kambach Feeds. And it's now time to bring on special guest today, Dr. Bridget McRae. Welcome, Dr. McRae. Thanks for coming on today.
4: Hi. How are you?
2: Very good. Hear you loud and clear, which is awesome. And... um, yeah we've done this topic before but it was probably a couple of years ago so it is time now to um, revisit (laughs) this how to wash a chicken and and, uh, earlier I was telling folks about maybe some many scenarios why they may want to whether it be 4-H shows or sanctioned shows like ABA and APA or maybe you just had a really bad monsoon just come through and they're just filthy and muddy and nasty and an environmental issue where you might need to wash them so we, we just went through some scenarios where they may need to do this because, let's face it, some new chicken owners uh, uh, may have never heard or even thought about having to do this. So um, it's one of those things that uh, uh, can affect can everybody, any, every poultry owner for whatever reason. And, and I'm going to turn it over to you and let you uh, educate us about how to do this properly.
4: And actually, the thing that made me think about doing this topic is because it's been so stinking hot around here. <laughs> yep. I don't know. I mean, this this week, I know, folks, I realize we are in the merry month of August. I should not be surprised, really. (laughs) I'm not. But that doesn't mean that I love the heat. (laughs) Um, And neither do your birds since they're wearing a, you know, feather coat. Uh, So I think your listeners may appreciate the opportunity to cool their birds down. Uh, Maybe they see a bird... um, you know, that that's just not only would they appreciate the opportunity to cool off, but maybe it's an opportunity to clean them up as well. Using those very same scenarios that you just described. Any one of them is completely logical. So, um, you know, it's I like to say that, that at bare minimum you need to have three bins Uh, But in reality, if you're going to spread this out, you kind of need like five bins Uh, or maybe even six bins, depending on how you want to do this. If you're trying to conserve water, um, maybe the space that you're in, you know, if if you dump all those bins of water or you can't have a hose running the entire time, Um, you know, budgets are tight. So... If you had, and I'm not going to say buckets, buckets really don't work for anything other than bantam or miniature sized chickens. Um, that's about the only time I'll say go for a bucket. If you've got large fowl, you've got to find something that's the right size. And an old fashioned uh, galvanized steel wash tub is fine. Um, you can use a combination of things. I say go get yourself a Rubbermaid bin. <laughs> and um, if you get a dark colored bin and leave it out, you know, till the till the evening, that water will heat up. If you fill it up in the morning, it'll heat up all day and be the nice temperature that the birds need, rather than dousing them in cold water. Uh, but uh, simple, simply put, um, a Rubbermaid bin doesn't have to be see through. Uh, it's also easy to clean and disinfect afterwards. Galvanized mm. metal can never truly be disinfected. But um, you know that's just something for you to consider. Uh, as far as buckets, square or round doesn't really matter. Uh, you want your chicken to be able to keep its head above the water level. So if you can, go get a sample chicken from your flock or a uh, A model chicken. How about that? A model chicken from your flock. (laughs) Stick them in the container and draw a line maybe with a Sharpie marker as to, you know, halfway up their neck. That's about where you want things to be at. Um, Mind you, your chickens are going to float a little bit if they're really fluffy. Um, Tall chickens, like, say, your A-seals, your Shamos, any modern games, you know, they may be looking right over the edge but that's all something for you to consider um, when having to decide to give them a bath uh, so if you're going to start with the basics uh, let's talk first about the three bucket system with a running hose of water versus the six six bin system, I'll say bin the bucket, um, the six bin system so Essentially, you've got a bin with warm soapy water, a bin with vinegar water, and then just a plain water bin.
1: Uh,
4: that's the that's simple, super basic version. Um, if you've got access to a sink and it's just one bird, like a utility sink, you can do all this in one in one sink, and you're just draining the water out. Refilling it with the next mixture as you go, but essentially, a simple soap is all you need. Something without dye, so plain old ivory soap with no dye, um, ivory dish soap—the stuff you buy at the grocery store. That's all you really need, and you can put it in there, like maybe you know, depending on the size of your container, um, a quarter cup. How to do the trick, um, but don't be surprised if it foams up on you if you're adding it in there um, as the birds you know as you're adding water in, if you can be patient, add the soap in just before you start bathing your birds after you've run the water, and then your poor chickens won't be you know inhaling bubbles, and you know that's just not good, <laughs> so think about that. Some people will just use Dawn soap and swear by it. Dawn has dyes, and some of those birds can pick up on the under color, the under fluff of their feathers, they can pick up those um, dyes. So I don't like to use dyes. Um, and then I was talking to Andy the other day. There is somebody out there who makes a special soap just for chickens. There are. Um, yeah. I couldn't. Uh, I think it was um Mildred Mildredge or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a chicken soap. Um, which I you know, I'd I'd like to do some testing to see if that actually, you know, brightens up their feathers or uh, as as advertised removes stains, so and I have a way to do that. But um you know, it, poor chickens would need repeated washing. <laughs> I'm sure that they would want that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
4: so, yeah. Unless it's a hot summer day, then maybe yes, they would. Some other uh, other things to consider as far as your vinegar is concerned—just plain old white distilled vinegar. Yes, I know, apple cider vinegar is great. But again, if you're working with a white bird, you may or may not want any dyes in there that could affect your final product uh, or any white part of the feather. And some of those apple cider vinegars have the mother in it. And, you know, that could deposit a layer of stuff, scum, on those feathers, which you may not be interested in because you're washing them, after all, in the first place, um, to get them cleaner. Uh, So, uh, essentially, as soon as you put the bird in the soapy water, you are going to... um, hold on tight <laughs> might be a good idea to do this under a tree in the backyard um but most chickens that haven't been bathed much as soon as you put them in, in soapy water they do float a little bit so uh, they're kind of gonna go uh this is weird and they'll kind of look around and go um this is weird and then they'll just basically say nope and try to fly So you always keep one hand on your bird so that they can't leave. Um, If they are flying away and leaving you, then you've got a half soapy chicken running around your yard. Never a good scenario. Um, So, you know, you're just going to basically keep one hand on top of your bird, not necessarily in front of your bird because that lifts them up tilts their center of gravity backwards, which makes them uncomfortable, um, makes them want to fly and get away from that. But if you put it over their back, then not pushing them down into the water, mind you. But, um, you know, they need to breathe, don't, don't take the air away. But you've got, uh, the other hand needs to be working all the way through, and basically you're going to take your fingers, and you're going to work all the way down through the feathers until you find the skin and then you're working that soapy water through every inch of the body every inch of the size because just dunking your chicken in the water doesn't do anything but wet the tops of the feathers the skin has to be reached with the soapy water but that's where the dirt and oils are and if you have external parasites that's where a lot of the parasites are located is on the skin So you have to, and this takes time. And a big chicken, you're looking at a solid 15 minutes of just working your fingers through the feathers. Spread the (coughs) wings out. Make sure you dip those wings down into the water. Uh, Those wing covert feathers over the top of the wing, they've got to get wet just so you get water that that runs through the, the spaces on those primary and secondary feathers. All this takes time. And and little fingers are great, but sometimes little fingers want to be done in about five minutes. And this is a 15-minute-per-bird job, unless you've got a little chicken. So, you know, you're going to be working away. A couple other pieces of equipment you need to have on hand before you start putting your chickens in the water is you need an old toothbrush. Right on there, chickens only, unless you want to unless you don't like someone. And then... And then that's that's on you. <laughs> that's that's how you deal with with uh strife in y'all's family, so. <laughs> I'll, I'll,
2: I'll um, I I I remember that one I I remember that when I come and visit Dr. McCrae and and uh you have a fully stocked <laughs> bathroom there in the guest bath like and look uh, Andy, I already I got you a guest tooth toothbrush here for you all ready to go. And <laughs>
4: I'm way ahead of you, Andy.
1: I'll think Any back guests to this that visit me, they get a
4: toothbrush, but it's still sealed in the original packaging. <laughs>
2: oh, my goodness.
4: So no worries there, folks. <laughs> so, you know, you're just going to take that toothbrush and you use it to scrub the feet and legs. Um, you know those scales sometimes lift up as the birds are, are walking around or you got mud and you know scrub that mud out from underneath the bigger scales that it run down the center of the leg and right where those that middle toe meets up with the the rest of the leg um, those are some pretty big scales that tend to get just a tiny bit of dirt underneath there but you can scrub it out with You know, by bending the toes under like like having your chicken grasp a branch or something like that, that kind of opens up that space and you can gently take a toothbrush and scrub through there. Um, Another piece of equipment that I like to have on hand is a a cup so I can kind of pour water over the birds. I like to drop a cup in each um, bin. Something else I like to have on hand, um, and this requires planning and preparation even the night before is to take some toothpicks, wooden toothpicks and soak them in, in water overnight
1: mm-hmm.
4: and that way you can actually if you've got some white-legged birds or maybe you're this is, this is for the competition worthy Okay, you got to get that dirt from out underneath that one scale that's not cleaning up, you very gently with a, a wet toothpick um, get underneath that scale and kind of like you would a fingernail, just gently dig that dirt out so that you have um, restored that scale to its original beauty. Um, that's not to say that all scales need to be cleaned. You know, some scales are naturally dark. Don't try to scrub that off, it's supposed to be there. Um, some of you with, uh, like, say, Rhode Island Red. You know that there's a reddish tinge down the leg on on those birds. It's supposed to be there. Don't scrub it off. Uh, another thing that you can have on hand are some Q-tips. Q-tips are great for addressing um, any muck, mud, dried detritus, skin um, around the face and the eyes, the comb and the wattle, the ear lobe. Um, you can just take your same and you know, dip it into the soapy water and just gently work loose any um, anything around the beak and the nose. Um, not scrubbing hard. That's, that's exposed skin there. Just be gentle with them. The only time I might use that wetted toothpick on the birds around the face is if there's anything crusty around the nose. Um, sometimes you get that with ducks. Because they don't always get perfectly wetted um, in their beak, depending on, on you know, when they bathed se- themselves the last time they bathed themselves. But if you're washing ducks, honestly, fill up a bathtub with water and let them have it. And then they're usually good to go. Washing <laughs> ducks is easy. <laughs> um, and they do all the work for you. But chickens, nope. They get into that water and they're like, nope try to leave so, so you know scrubbing away just be gentle around the face the comb the wattles, and the earlobes got a question andy
2: with um washing a chicken in your experience and being a cat owner like yourself uh, which would be the the more challenging the giving a cat or a kitten a bath or your backyard flock that's never had one before <laughs>
4: Um, well, currently my, my, I figured out how to, how to bathe my, my older cat, but, um, my kitten goes full spaghetti when, uh, I have to wash off his back legs for one reason or another, um, full, full spaghetti with claws, Uh um, but I would actually say that's the hardest, (laughs) um, Chickens for the first time, once they get past that first initial flight mm. phase, uh, then they're pretty easy. They just kind of go. You always got to keep one hand on them, but they kind of go, okay, I guess I don't get <laughs> to leave, and you go, nope, not till I'm done. And then you just keep bathing them and see what you know, see what you can get off them, and you know, if you're if you find mites coming off your bird you may not want to stick the next bird in that water you might want to change it Um, but that's good to know in advance Um, but if you do have a mite problem on one particular bird give them give them the spa treatment Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
4: I'd like somebody to come up with like a a mite shampoo Um, if it didn't smell so bad I'd say a neem shampoo would probably do a terrific job Um, but I don't know if that would You know, harm feathers or or not in the long run. But neem oil is a natural insecticidal oil. uh, So, and it's often a a scent that people equate with Indian food because it it ends up in cosmetics, it ends up in cooking. It's a very universal oil, very safe (laughs) to use. So, I wouldn't worry about your own hands getting some of that oil on it if you were washing your chicken with it. But there you go. Somebody out there. If you can make a a, a a shampoo for chickens that has neem oil in it, we'll see if it really kills those nasty little mites. I hope it would work. But <laughs> moving on, so you've got this soaked up, not souped up, soaked up chicken, and you don't know what to do next. Well, it's very easy. You just move them over to the next bin that has the vinegar water in it and that cuts the soap but you do not want to get that vinegar water in their eyes because that's just really wrong or up their nose or you know you don't ever want to dunk a chicken in the water you don't want water in their ears and don't try to scrub those teeny tiny stiff bristled little um Feathers over their ears—they're not meant to be scrubbed. <laughs> just leave them be, okay? Uh, but you definitely don't want water in the ear But you're just going to work work that vinegar water through those feathers and cut the soap. Um, if you're using the six-bin system, you could move them from the soapy water bin to the um, to the just plain, clean, empty water, nothing in it, and then move them over into your vinegar water after that. Um, but essentially, your six-bin system after, you know, you you would do vinegar, or you would do soapy water, then plain water, vinegar water, then plain water. And then if you, well, I guess it's five bins, sorry. Um, and then you're done. You just, you do some some drying but once you, you get into that vinegar water you need to just as effectively get that water down to the skin um, Yeah, if you can uh, anything that, that's loosened up uh, take a look and see how much dirt got left behind in the vinegar water bin which should be very little um, if you're getting a whole lot of dirt or detritus in that vinegar water bin you didn't do a good enough job in your soapy water and your next bird needs to be um, cleaned a little better Um, but you're cutting out that soap so that the birds when they go to preen themselves later on just don't get a beak full of soap that can make them a little thick so don't do it Um, once you've got that vinegar water worked all the way through go gently around the eyes using that same toothbrush um, maybe, you know, don't pour water over their heads, but with a wetted toothbrush, get those feathers on either side of the comb and on the upper part of the neck so that you aren't, um, uh, leaving any soap pine further up on the head. Um, uh, but you want to make sure that, that you clean well. And honestly, for one chicken, unless you've got Bantam, unless you show a lot, um, it's gonna take you half hour just to do one bird, well, wow. uh, because yeah. after after the the vinegar rinse, then you go and you just rinse the vinegar water out, and that that last bin, uh, warm water ought to do the trick. Uh, never shock your birds with cold water. You you know remember these hot summer days, their body temperature is closer to one hundred and seven, so you know. Even water that you've let warm up in the sun Is still going to feel cool to them Even though it feels pretty darn warm to you Uh, But Go ahead and work that 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 clean water Through their feathers Being as efficient as you can At this point your chicken is either Just done with you uh, (laughs) Um If if you've got a crested breed, remember that added weight of the, the water on their feathers can cause them to lift or to dip their head down. You might need to keep one hand underneath their beak um, just so that they don't dip their head into bubbles or into the water. Um, usually you know, if they get a beak full of water, they'll lift their heads up, but there's no accounting for not as bright chicken. Um, you know, but I don't want you to have to do FPR on your chicken just because you wanted to give them a bath. Just be diligent, and um, <laughs> you know, your silky chickens uh, have very small crests. You can kind of brush through them with a, the toothbrush. Your Sultans, your crevcoeurs, your Polish—they've got much longer feathers. Do be gentle. With the toothbrush that you're working through there, um, that skull that holds up those feathers um, is very delicate. And if you push hard, you don't want to push on that bone and, and, and kill your birds um, by having that you know hit the brain. But you know just be gentle and, and just know that especially around, around the crest, those birds and around the beard, those birds probably don't get a lot of weight there. Um, Definitely check the beard on your bearded and tufted birds because that's a great place for external parasites to take up residence, to hide, and to just kind of hang out, you know, freedom from worry, you know, Take a look down to the skin. Do you see any clusters of uh, white or even kind of a tan color? Does anything move when you're looking through there? Because those chickens really have no way of grooming their their crests and and their beard, beards and muffs, those tufts of feathers. Um, that's really up to you, and that's such kind of an important um note for you as a, a flock owner is, is that should be checked regularly. So as you are are, you know, finishing up with your birds and, you know, done some, some full grooming and, and honestly if you had to, if you had to, um you could take that Q tip or that wetted um toothpick and while they are drying in a towel in your lap you could be grooming them then um, they are a bit of a captive audience. So when your chicken is done and you've pulled them out of that last bin and they are soaking and they are standing in the grass or sitting on a counter um, they're gonna shake. Just make sure everything in the three foot radius around that bird is ready to get wet because they're gonna shake. And you know, yeah, yeah, it might be something you do in the morning. And if your cup coffee is too nearby, you're going to get chicken water in there. <laughs> Think about that as a little flavoring for your morning routine. <laughs> so, see, <laughs> I, I like personally a little bit of cream in my coffee, but chicken water, no, no. Basically. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got you've got a little bit of. Um, you've got a little bit of time as that chicken stands there and kind of goes why and what and what's the meaning of my life so you've got time to go grab a, a big towel, beach towel something big enough for the bird and you're just going to wrap that all the way around the bird you can make a little chicken burrito stick one head out the end but before you do that you've got big clumps of feathers all over the body that have just, because they've the nature of the feather um, the nature of the under part of the feather they're just really fluffy they just hang on to that water take your hand slowly but surely and gently squeeze those sections of feather out so that a lot of that extra excess water drains away before you you know, wrap them up in that towel it makes that towel work a little more effective and you don't want to you know, like a dog, nope, you don't want to rough those feathers. You'd essentially want the towel to pick up all that extra moisture. And then um, you know dabbing them with the towel doesn't work. Essentially, essentially, if you're doing this outside, you could use the towel. you don't have to. Um, you could let them sun dry. If you if you had a nice cage out there with some water, but you just want to let them hang out in the towel for about 30 minutes. Now, they may try to stand up. Almost every chicken's gonna poop in the towel, so you just know that you're doing laundry for sure after you wash all your chickens. <laughs> um, you know. just know that's part of the routine (laughs) um but you've got you've got uh, about half an hour there where you can kind of set that chicken somewhere in in if you're doing this in the winter do this someplace warm if you're doing this in the summer you can do it outside but direct sunlight don't let that bird um overheat when it's in that towel um They'll probably stand up after about 15 minutes, Uh, and so if you can free their legs from the towel, sometimes they'll keep the towel wrapped on them uh, and still stand up. Maybe that's the next invention, Andy. Somebody who can make a a spa robe or a a bathing (laughs) robe for a chicken for it to wear after it's had a chicken bath. There you go.
2: Nicely, uh, nicely embroidered with their name or uh, their initials Maybe. on it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, but it
4: definitely needs a belt so that you can, you know, take yeah, it off easily. It yeah. <laughs> but um, before I talk about some of the next steps, I thought I'd let you go take a commercial break, that and sounds fantastic. Um, we can finish up.
2: That sounds great, folks. If you are just tuning in, we're talking with Dr. Bridget McRae. We're talking about how to wash a chicken successfully, tips and tricks, uh, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And there will be more to come after this short break, so stay with us. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next
3: flock from us. Come back. Come back. Come back.
0: And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, with your host, Andy Schneider.
2: Okay, I've got some breaking news I want to share with everybody that just uh, came across my uh, email from the California Department of Food and Agriculture, and of course USDA as well the virulent newcastle disease update from state veterinarian dr annette jones and it uh, as as follows ongoing surveillance and testing in the virulent newcastle disease um, incident in southern california has resulted in the detection of a new case on august 14th at a retail feed store in western san Bernardino county This is the first detection of virulent Newcastle disease since June 4th. So this is a setback because June 4th, you know, that was the last detection and everybody was counting the days. I think it's 120 days, four months before the – normally the – what do you call it? The things are are, um, – quarantine is is, um, released. Staff members, from the, staff members from the California Department of Food and Agriculture, the USDA Department of Agriculture discovered the infection, infected birds during a routine biosecurity check. Infected and exposed birds have been euthanized and the store has been temporarily closed while an investigation is underway. We're moving quickly to determine the origin of disease and working with the store to identify any customers that may have purchased infected birds and products like feed, equipment, or anything else that could carry infection. Our priority is to stop the spread of the virus and eradicate the disease. And while um, we've made significant progress, this case is um, instructive for all bird owners in Southern California to remain aware of our um, virulent Newcastle disease signs, practice good biosecurity, don't move birds, and report any sick birds immediately to the Sick Bird Hotline, which is 866 922 Two four seven three. So, uh, Dr. McCray, you're back live. Well, this just came across the, the wire here with uh, uh, a new case of uh, Newcastle disease in California. And I know that a lot of folks on the uh, forums and whatnot out there were counting the days, June 4th. And they were hoping, yeah. you know, they're, October, they're thinking, okay, October is 120 days. And I think that's when a lot of the uh, um, quarantine will be lifted. And then now we've kind of got to start over. Uh, that's that a
4: huge setback they so do. that restarts the yeah. that restarts the uh, the timer hundred
2: and twenty so days exactly
4: everyone know. who's totally been stressed out by this entire process and was holding their breath they have to keep holding it <laughs>
2: they do yep. Oh my goodness! But we got to eradicate this. We can't have this lingering. We can't have this in the in the United States. It's, a, it's I guess still considered a foreign disease, and we don't we can't we don't want to get to where we're used to this, or it's, it lingers around every year. And and I know everybody was hoping to eradicate this before winter gets here. Um, and so again i don't know if there's such thing because i'm not a epidemiologist or whatever but i don't know i don't know if it even matters if this is a what they would say an isolated case but nonetheless uh it is a positive so they're kind of start the clock over like you said and uh we'll start over and hopefully now this one may be the last positive we see for quite a long time especially as winter arrives so um all right, let's uh if you're just joining us, uh don't worry. This entire episode will be archived for your listening pleasure just moments after this live show ends, and I'm going to turn it back over to Dr. McRae, who's uh continuing to talk to us and educate us about how to wash a chicken here on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer.
4: Well, um so switching gears back to bathing beauties, mm-hmm. once they are dried, you've got some things to ease with. Second some choices. Um, if you've got a breed like, say, a Silky or a other loose-feathered breed like, say, Orpington, uh, semi-loose-feathered like an Australorp, you're going to probably want to blow-dry them. And that, if this is a, a show competition, you want to blow-dry them with their feathers going backwards. So you want that blow dryer pointed towards their vent, not their head. And you want to use the cool setting on your uh, hair blow dryer. Uh, So, you know, when I'm working with kids, kids always just seem to slam the edge of that hair blow dryer right up against the feathers, which kind of cooks them. And you can smell that. (laughs) So, what I like to do is take a one foot ruler and tape it to the outside of the uh, hair blow dryer, and the chick the the kids can't any get any closer than you know about eleven ten inches to the bird, and and say the only thing that can touch the bird is the end of the ruler. And kids get that you know if they're if they're blowing blow drying their birds, it's a yeah, good physical reminder that. If I get any closer, I can actually cook those feathers. In the winter, if you've had to, you might be able to get away with a a warm setting um, rather than a cool setting. But again, you want to be doing this indoors where it's warm and comfortable for you anyhow, um, because this is just a a damp process as it is. So the rest of the chickens, you want to lift those feathers up and get down to the skin. But pretty much, you don't want to blow-dry those feathers backwards and add volume. A cochin, you want to add volume to the feathers. They're supposed to be fluffy, large birds. Brahmas, Langshans, they need to have a lot of fluff. Your average dual-purpose bird from the American class, according to the American Poultry Association, you're going to blow-dry those feathers from head to tail, not tail to head so um, you're just going to gently lift up the feathers and uh, probably starting on the breast area then moving up the neck then back down the back do not forget underneath the wings where the thigh is located that's a big surface area for a bird and those feathers are pretty fluffy that holds a lot of water so you want to make sure those feathers are good and dry. This is probably a 45-minute process for one bird. So, you know, the average hair blow dryer um, can do the job on a cool setting. One of the things I don't like is, is the hair blow dryers where you have to keep holding down the cold button because eventually your fingers going to get tired. And then, and then you're going to be you know, using hot air Just because your finger's tired um, Holding your chicken in your lap While you're doing that Is pretty easy um, You know, just lay a, a towel Down over your your legs Because they may defecate And you want to catch that Instead of having it land on your clothes
1: um,
4: And Having a garbage can Nearby and some paper towels To clean that mess up As you continue hair blow drying Or otherwise you're going to take that wonderful smell of that deposit that, the they've just made, spread it all over the room with your hair blow dryer. So, you know, you can clean that up right away. If you've got an assistant, I'm saying that with air quotes, uh, your assistant can take care of that while you keep blow drying, or if you are the assistant, that can be your job. Uh, and, you know, as you start hair blow drying that bird, like say maybe if there's a long tail involved, Somebody else could be working at the other end and cleaning up the nose, the eyes, um, with a Q-tip around the beak and taking care of that for you. And it can be a team effort to make your, your chickens look so pretty um, like they've never felt before. Uh, chickens don't necessarily like the process of being wetted, but, you know, sometimes a chicken just knows when they look good. And one of the last things that I really recommend that people just have on hand because it works so well for so many things is a small bottle of Blue Ribbon or VET-RX. Both of these things are essentially um, camphor in in mineral oil. And you can just take a dot of that on the end of a clean Q-tip and rub that on their legs. It's always it's always good to have ZRX on hand because um, if you should ever have an external parasite problem, you can just put a couple drops of Z R X right on the skin above and below the vent, and that helps take care of the problem until you can find time uh, to do a bath. Because if you don't want to spray chemicals on your birds, uh, bathing them and then monitoring those those birds for additional flare-ups, probably way to go. But all in all, this is going to be probably a two-hour process. Um, if you include setup of, of their space where they're going to go to, which should be nice and clean, ready and waiting for them with heat savings um, to, to the point where uh, cleaning up everything, filling up water, uh, filling up the bins with water, it's gonna be two hour process for just one bird, so um, and then blow drying just take time. but if you if you're doing it outside on a day like today and it's hotter and all get out, no rain clouds on the horizon. find a shady spot, put them out there in some cages, and just let Mother Nature do the work for you. They'll start printing themselves. They'll dry in the sun, in the heat. And so you won't have to do the work of blow-drying them. Um, just let let Mother Nature do that work for you. So that you can get a bunch of birds washed and dried in a very, very much short amount of time versus you doing each bird individually. Taking them out of their coop, putting them back in, that sort of thing. But um, I'm a big fan of having some extra cages on hand from Kuiper Cooping and having a, a an extra cage or two on hand so that if I have to put them in isolation for any reason I've got that space or you know if I need to if I need them to just groom themselves and nice thing that you can do a few days in advance of of washing is is give them uh, an extra handful or two each night of safflower or sunflower which will kind of boost their, their oil content in their preen gland, and they can preen those oils back into their feathers and look pretty again. Uh, but if you're going to a show, if you've got your state fair, you've got your county fair, you need to be bathing them a week before the show so they can put that shine back into their feathers. Bathing them the morning of the show, no judge the evening before the show no judge wants to put their hands on a wet bird and 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 you should be embarrassed if you're doing that and I usually just turn right around and look to a kid and I'm like get this bird out of here especially if it's cold wet or rainy day that's not fair to the bird I tell them get that bird in a warm car right now and you know then the parents get mad but you know you waited to the last minute and look what happened. That didn't earn you anything. And it's not fair to the bird. So there are some pretty good options for your listeners as to what they can mm-hmm. do when it comes time to bathing their beauties. Um, gosh, I hope we can get that, that shampoo manufacturer uh, to come to Pooptastic because that's a pretty pretty new revolutionary product out there. Although I do think, I think um, Peter Brown used to to make a shampoo that was for um, brown feathered birds, for black feathered birds, and for white feathered birds. Um, that'd be cool to see if he still has some.
1: Yeah, you know, first,
2: first state vet supply, yeah. yeah, Peter Brown, absolutely. And then I know that uh, Carefree Enzymes um, many, many years ago came out with a kit. It's almost like a little toolbox and it, you open it up and it has a shampoo and I, I think like a, a glycerin for the comb and the wattles. and it's called Best of Show and it's a kit and you open it up and it has all kind. Of, and actually Carefree Enzymes is going to be at Tastic oh. as of vendor. And so he has an entire... I wonder if
4: the glycerin it. actually increases the blood flow to the comb like the like the Red cancer thing, does. Yeah.
2: I guess they call it. He's called it a reddening agent or something like that. But yeah, it's it's. I guess it's a type of glycerin and red. Yeah, and and to help with the comb and the waddle, the reddening agent or whatever they want to call it. But yeah, he has a best of show. I'm pretty sure it's called, and it's a kit. You open it up just like a toolkit and has all the little everything in there that you need. And uh, I remember having a contest with my fans, uh, a photo contest to see whose bird was worthy to be on. The toolkit itself—it's got you know the, oh. the label as a bird from a chicken whisperer fan out there. This was years ago. I think we were uh, had just moved down to Ideal way back in the day. So this was probably eight years ago when he came out with that. So when I talk to him and finalize everything and see what kind of products he's going to bring—his uh, poultry protectors, water protector, and um, uh, let's see, scaly leg protector, and his water protector, and healthy pin—and I'll say, hey, bring a few of the um, Best of Show as well, because I know yeah. uh, we already have some folks that are showing birds. They're going to be attending uh, as well. So, but yes, I know they'll be there. Maybe we can get Messy Mildred to be at Coop Tastic, and um, who else has a? Uh, there was somebody else. Oh, well, um, yeah. I'll see if Peter Brown has that. he still offers that. I know he's kind of switched gears from having a store to providing more of a service for. Uh, uh, needing meds and things, but uh, I, I, I do reach out to him anyway. So, but but Chad, yeah, the only time, funny story, a little history, the only time I've that I can remember at least right now of washing a chicken uh, was when I went uh, to do a live broadcast at Fox News business in Atlanta <laughs> when, when they had the, the egg recall back, I think, in 2010, uh, and a half a billion eggs were recalled. And um, I had been with USDA APHIS for a year or two, and they uh, had requested me come in. It was uh, it were live nationwide, I guess global, it would, regardless of where you were watching Fox News business, and it was uh, exclusive, and it was hilarious, but I had uh, Rhode Island Ruby sitting on my lap with some brown eggs, and, and we did our 10-minute uh, little uh, Fox News live special, but I think that may have been the only time since I don't show chickens either for HR, APA, uh, maybe it had been the only time I've actually uh, purposely <laughs> washed a chicken, so um but yeah, that to give you a little bit of history to folks way back when um so that that was that was a fun that was a fun time so well, thank you so much for being on, regardless how to wash a chicken can affect many folks, and uh we will look forward to having you back here the first um, Thursday of September, which is actually the fifth. And then um, I look forward to, of course, off the air talking with you and, and continuing to get all things done with CoopTastic 2020. I'm so excited about this. It's just an amazing event, and things
1: are really going. <laughs> but things you have
4: re- no idea what you're going to have access to. I mean, at your beck and call, whatever questions you've got, you've got, what, a poultry veterinarian there. You'll have many Poultry extension specialists, leaders in their field, there yep. to answer
1: your questions.
2: Nutritionists, so, poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists—it's it's going to be amazing, and this camaraderie with all the other chicken keepers that are coming oh, yeah.
4: together—you're going, to to, going to be able to not only have just a blast with your peeps, but <laughs> you know, you're going to come back and you are going to be so educated and be the leaders of your of your leaders in knowledge of your area to to share knowledge with folks so more power to you
2: yeah i think it's going to be great and i i'm really hoping that um and now now the nervousness has switched over from, okay, is this really going to happen? Are we going to be able to make this work financially and numbers and things like that? That that worry now because people are signing up like crazy and the vendors are all on board because <laughs> it's, really, it's really the first one of if its if it's kind. I mean, really, if you look at it. And so now uh, the nervousness has set in of going, okay, um, when when we hand out those evaluations at the end of the event, they going to be positive? Are they going to want to say, hey, let's do this every year? You know, let's let's have this uh, annual event and, you know, CoopTastic 2021. Do I need to go ahead and buy that d- domain?
1: Because
2: <laughs> uh, <Coop-tastic laughs> that's where you want to go, folks, this year anyway, to register and learn more about it, CoopTastic2020.com. So, hey, Dr. McRae, thanks for coming on today and teaching us, as always, uh, more about stuff we want to know about but don't know about as far as today, how to wash a chicken. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on. We'll see you next month.
4: Take care. Bye.
2: Take care. Bye-bye. All righty, folks. And again, to uh, wrap it up for you, Tastic 2020 Coop, like chicken coop, cooptastic2020.com. You can go and check it out. I think probably towards the end of this week, we will have the conference schedule up Um, And we're tonight, we'll have at least two of the um, speakers that are going to be there. Uh, And uh, we've got three major poultry science universities represented there. We've got uh, poultry science professionals from Auburn University, Department of Poultry Science. University of Georgia, Department of Poultry Science, and also North Carolina State University, uh, Department of Poultry Science, all are going to be there. And uh, I was just talking to Dr. McCray last night because we have our nine uh, topics, three observation labs, hands-on observation labs, and then we've got the six um, outbreak sessions in the conference rooms. But I told her, I said, you know, I really – should we replace one of those nine with just kind of an open – forum where you just, the uh, participants are just sitting there and they just ask questions to these, uh, you know, professional poultry folks uh, and veterinarians and nutritionists and scientists say, you know what, all these topics were great, I learned so much, but I came with a specific question that didn't happen, wasn't really uh, pertinent when we were talking about molting or when we were talking about coccidiosis, and so, um, so we've worked that out. On Saturday, um, which is the main day of all the events, um, you will have essentially two hours. at Saturday to do, to do a lot of stuff. Once we break for lunch, you have two hours to eat lunch, visit all of the vendors. Of course, you'll be able to visit the vendors very briefly in between the classes and in the evenings and whatnot. But uh, plus we're going to get uh, – because some, some of the experts won't be coming up, up until Sunday for the three Sunday classes that morning, but um, um, all of the um, poultry um, experts that are going to be there, the speakers will be at a particular area um, during that two hour time frame after they eat lunch. And then uh, you'll be able to just walk up and say, Hey, I'm so glad I have access to a poultry veterinarian. My chicken has this or this or that. And, and uh, hopefully they can, they can help you with that. So I'm really excited. I really wanted to make sure we had just a general time where there was just anything wide open, um, topic for you to discuss. So cooptastic2020.com. It's going to be fantastic. 299, $299. It's two night hotel, all your meals. Uh, I believe there's six meals involved in that, all your snacks, all your entertainment, motivational magician, Saturday night, s'mores in the bonfire on Friday night. And I'm hoping, that we have i'll have it in the budget to do something even extra for you guys after the magical uh um, and motivational magician on saturday night the major entertainment after that i'm hoping maybe something like a uh uh, ice cream social out by the pavilion or under the pavilion i should say or maybe a um, uh, it'll be pretty much alcoholic uh free uh and alcohol free but i'm thinking something like um uh cheese and cracker tray with sparkling grape juice or something like that. So I really want to have something uh specific um after the um the, the big entertainment on Saturday night. We'll see what what plays there and what the um uh, uh, what the conference center offers. So hey, thank you very much for tuning in to a, another great episode. Of Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Compact Feeds, and we'll see you next Thursday.
0: This has been Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. For more information, find us on the web at chickenwhisperer.com, on Facebook by typing in the Chicken Whisperer, on Twitter at Backyard Poultry, and on Instagram at The Real Chicken Whisperer. Thanks for listening.